Welcome, welcome to yet another podcast on basic Christianity. Today we'll be looking at the nature of man. So what is the nature of man? Or should I say, um, where does man come from? What does he consist of? What do you and I consist of? So now, if we are going to determine all the answer to those questions, we have to look at Genesis 2 verse 7 and it says and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground so it means that god gave man structure from the dust of the ground right then it says and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so after getting man from the dust and forming him it did not end there for the formation of man, but God had to breathe his breath into the nostrils of man. So that in the here it reads that, and man became a living soul. So now when we look at the soul, the soul consists of the will, the heart, and the mind. So the heart simply deals with the emotions that people go through. So now, why is it that the breath of life that why is it that God had to breathe the breath of life upon man? When we look at Genesis 1 verse 2, many other versions talk about the earth being without life. But my version says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The same earth that that man was gotten from. Because when we read again Genesis 1 verse um, Nine. It says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So now, let's get back to the beginning on Genesis 1 verse 2. It was God, water, then solid ground. That's the structure according to Genesis 1 verse 2. And what God did is he separated the water and allowed solid ground to come on top. Then God got the structure for man from the earth. And afterwards, he says that it is not enough for this just to be a structure. It is dormant. So let me add the breath of life so that this way a man can function like God, can function in the likeness and image of God. So now, afterwards, God says to Adam, do not eat of the tree of good and evil. So now, most people think laws are there to be a detriment to an individual. But when we look at laws, they are there for the benefit of an individual. Laws empower people. That's the first thing that people should understand. But it's not all laws that empower people. It's just that one of the laws that empowered Adam or man is the law that God had given Adam. But now, here when we look at it, Adam and Eve did eat of the tree of good and evil. And God says that when you eat of it, you shall surely die. But the thing is, the death that had occurred was not a physical death because Adam was still flesh, soul, spirit, living. What had died within Adam is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was what was making Adam whole, was what was giving Adam wisdom, was what was giving Adam knowledge. Because if you look at it, Adam named the animals in the same way God would have named them in Genesis 2 verse 19. And God had accredited to say that whatever Adam had named those animals is what God had initially thought of calling those animals or initially called the animals. So now what happened is when the Holy Spirit departed from man, 
we were now separated entities. We were separated from what was connecting us to ourselves. So the Holy Spirit left. He's the one who died within man. So now man still remained spirit, soul, and flesh. So now when we look at the flesh, interestingly, don't forget the nature is still without life. But when we go to the book of Galatians 5, it talks about the attributes of the flesh. What are the appetites of the flesh? What does the flesh like? Those are the things that we should get to understand because when we look at it, certain things we often blame the devil, yet in the actual sense, we are the ones to blame because we have not yet put our flesh under control. So anyways, Galatians 5. It talks about the flesh. Galatians 5 merely just brings out the principles of the flesh and the spirit. So 5 verse 16, it says, This I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the just of the flesh. So it means that it's telling you about two things, the flesh and the spirit. But this spirit that it's referring to is the Holy Spirit, the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Because you still have the Spirit of God within you. But however, it is, not, it is not fully active. There's a difference between the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit. Two differences. But we won't explain that now. But for now, this is what I want you to understand. So then, yeah, word verse 16. And for the, the 17 reads, And for the flesh lasteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that they, that's what ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye led of the spirit and not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, uh, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry, just there. So when we look at the attributes of the flesh, so which means the flesh has appetites. So when you find yourself doing any of those things, it means that you are walking fleshly, or you are doing the things of the flesh. And in other terms, they refer to the flesh as being a carnal aspect of your life. So it means you are in carnality. So those are the attributes of the flesh. So if you find yourself in any of them, it means you are a carnal human being or a carnal Christian. Sorry for using that term, but that's what the Bible records here. Then, uh, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Uh, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So I'll just explain verse 24 and 25 because those other aspects that I've mentioned, the goodness, the word, they are all attributes of the Spirit. So now when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, what you are accepting is also another aspect of God's Spirit because you cannot receive the Holy Spirit minus receiving the Spirit of God. That's why even the disciples had to walk with Jesus in order for them, after a specific time of their walk with Jesus, they had to receive the Holy Spirit. 
That's the same thing even with Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended upon him at a specific time when after he was baptized. So it means that at first you'll be walking with your spirit, the spirit of God that's not fully active. So now, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you're accepting the spirit of Jesus. And what the baptism of the Holy Ghost simply does is activates the fire and activates the abilities within the Holy Spirit. I won't repeat that, but I hope you've gotten it. So now, let's get back to... Because uh, right now, I want us to deal with dealing with the flesh, understanding the soul, and walking in the spirit. That's why I said we're going to learn about the nature of the human being. So now, let's get to the soul, because we've understood what the flesh is all about what the spirit is all about. So now let's start to understand what the soul is all about. So we said that the soul consists of the heart, the will, and the mind. So now it means that whatever information system that you give your soul or that you give your flesh or your spirit will determine what information your soul will react on. But most certainly whatever information that your flesh attains, it will eventually find its way to your soul. Because your flesh is what is active and interfacing in this realm called earth. So when you get information, maybe about drugs, sex and what and what not, those things slowly start adapting themselves into your soul structure. So when they adapt or adjust themselves into your soul structure, then you will have a difficult time because by then your will your ability to do things it, it, on its own is also affected. So now, like the other time I was talking with my sister, she was like, how do you not have emotions for people? I said, you know what it is? When your emotions first start out, they start out from the flesh. Then when they get to your soul, it's going to be very hard for you to deal with them. Yeah. I hope I'm helping somebody out there. So, what happens is when God created us, he wanted us to be spirit. We wanted us to be the way we are, soul, spirit, and flesh. But he wanted us to operate from the spiritual perspective. However, because of the fall of man, we find that these three were hard to operate in the same manner. Only a few people in the Bible do we record that they walked on the spiritual aspect. So now, when Jesus Christ came, he, he came to show us the way before he came to show us, before he came to die for our sins. Because most people conclude to say, Jesus Christ came to die for us. So now the question is, if he truly came to die for you at the beginning, why didn't he die when he was a young child? And why didn't he die after he was baptized? So now the first aspect that Jesus Christ came to do is to show us the way. The way in which these three things can work together. So now, when looking at the flesh, we have to deal with the flesh and give the flesh a proper information system. What information system is the flesh supposed to get? It's supposed to get the word of God. That's why Jesus was referring to, man shall not live by bread alone. He was referring to physical food. So you're saying that you need to now feed your spirit man so that your spirit man can take control over your flesh. Because if you walk in the flesh, you, will satisf you won't satisfy the, the things of the spirit. 
So now here it says that in verse 24, and they, Galatians, sorry, 5 verse 24, and it reads, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. So which means that our flesh must be crucified. Because our flesh is now what determines what our soul gets. So now when we crucify our flesh, what happens is we walk in the spirit in accordance with the scripture. So now when we are walking in the spirit, we still have to feed our spirit. Just like the Bible records that in as much as your body needs physical food, so does your spirit man need feed spiritual what? Food. So what is the spiritual food or the spiritual diet or the spiritual meal that is needed for your spirit man for him to grow? Because the moment your spirit grows, that's the moment your flesh and your soul get aligned to the purposes and the destiny that God has predestined for you because to him who he predestined, he foreknew to conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, which is you and me. So the food of the spirit is number one, the word of God. Many people do not have a relationship with the word of God and they expect to be delivered from situations, from circumstances and all. Because we were made in the image of God and his likeness. We are meant to be like him, but we do not know his nature. So it's very hard for us to operate like God's. If we read, I don't know if it's Psalms 83 or 82 verse 5, it talks about us being God's. But yet many people will die like mere men. So which means that they won't know that they had the ability of the God nature within them. Because of the information system of the flesh. So now if we are God's, we're supposed to know how God's operate. And that's why faith comes in. That's why all these other things come in. So Jesus Christ, the way, had to teach us to have a relationship with God. So the first way is through reading of the word. Why do we read the word? Everything that is created on the face of the earth comes with a manual. So now if we have a television, you do not plug it in, you never know that it has the potential, the ability to turn on, to change channels and all that and so forth until it's plugged to its power source. That's the same with you and I. Until we get to understand our manual that we're required to be plugged in somewhere, that's the moment we'll start walking in our God nature. Number two, prayer. As we are going to be looking at basic Christianity, the other chapters, I will cover these individually. So now prayer is dynamic. But most of us, I am assured that we may know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in, yeah, and so on and so forth. So then the third aspect, although many people do not like it, is what we call fasting. It's a food of the Spirit. Because as, he's, as Paul says, we are supposed to walk in the flesh. Let me just read it for you. If we live in the Spirit... So which means if we have a relationship with the Spirit of God and we live by the laws of the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. The only way you can walk in the Spirit is when you have crucified the flesh because don't forget the first one says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. So which means those things must die first. How do they die? Through fasting. And most people don't like this. So starving yourself. 
abstaining from food then we will learn about fasting also as part of the basic christianity but if it's anything that believers of nowadays do not love it is fasting because food is nice but don't forget man shall not live by bread alone so now when you start doing that you'll notice that your soul structure will change your heart will be aligned to god your will will be your will will be aligned to god and your mind also will be aligned to the purposes of God. You will be able to do everything that God has afforded for you in his word and that God has created and you'll be what God has created you to be. So therefore, I hope you have a blessed time. Uh, have a good day and don't forget to share.